بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار uh, so today inshallah we're going to complete the commentary on the hadith of um, that we narrated from Abdullah bin Umar radiyallahu anhu um, in which he mentions that the messenger of Allah sallallahu he turned to the uh, group of uh, companions and told them that there are five things that if you are put to trial with them and I seek refuge from Allah that you should reach them and he mentioned each of those five things he said that never does uh, shameful deeds uh, become open in a people until they openly announce it and it, you know they openly display it except that diseases uh, plague and diseases uh, appear amongst them those which never occurred in their ancestors who came before them so that was the first thing second thing is that never do they cheat in the weights and measures in the balances in the scales except that they are taken by years of hardship and lack of provision and the tyranny of the ruler upon them that was the second thing and the third thing is that never do they withhold the zakat from their wealth except that they are prevented from uh, the rain from the sky and had it not been for the beasts it would never have been they would never have been given rain the fourth thing never do they break the covenant of Allah and the covenant of his messenger except that Allah um, empowers their enemies over them he gives the enemies power over them and so they take some of that which they used to possess and finally the final thing is never do their leaders never do their leaders not rule by the book of Allah and try to find goodness from within that which Allah revealed except that Allah creates uh, dissension among them right dissension meaning uh, strife and splitting and, and fighting and things like that among them so these were the five things that were mentioned uh, in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu and in the first lesson last week uh, we extracted from what Sheikh Ubaid hafizahullah ta'ala what he mentioned and we can summarize all of that really uh, I'd say maybe in six or seven points just to kind of summarize everything from the previous lesson first of all uh, the Sheikh mentioned that uh, clearly this is a warning from the messenger of Allah and so these things they they instill fear into a believer right this is our reaction to the hadith that it instills fear into a believer that he may fall you know into uh, these things the second thing is that even though the messenger of Allah was addressing the companions directly and he was speaking to them it doesn't mean that this was only for them 
that he was saying to them that, you know, you know, that, you know, there are five things that you might reach and I, I seek refuge in Allah that you reach them. No, this is for the whole of the Muslim nation. This applies to the whole of the Muslim nation. That was the second point. Thirdly, we know that in the hadith itself, the Messenger of Allah, he made dua for the companions and he said, you know, I seek refuge in Allah that you reach them. Right? I seek refuge in Allah that you reach them. Which means, he made dua for the companions to be protected from these calamities. And indeed, that is what happened. The companions, uh, we saw that they were free uh, from falling into these things. And if anything happened amongst them, then it was very, very rare. Very, very rare. And the next point that the Sheikh mentioned is that in relation to the companions in general, we therefore can't speak about them in an evil way and say, for example, you know, uh, publicize certain things like, for example, so-and-so fell into zina and so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that, whatever. We can't speak in this manner because the companions in general were protected from these things and those things which occurred rarely from specific individuals, we don't mention them either, except when it comes to you know, extracting a fiqh ruling. Right? So for example, if we want to know something to do with adultery, from the abwab of fiqh, then mention is made of the hadith in that regard. But outside of that, we don't start mentioning these hadiths and you know uh, speaking about the companions. No, not at all. This is not from our way. So the Sheikh mentioned that point. Um, also, point number five that the Sheikh uh, mentioned to us is that these affairs are repugnant, evil affairs. Um, they require tawbah from an individual, so if we fall into these things, they, they, they require uh, tawbah. Number six, and most importantly, is the fact that when we reflect, reflect upon all of these evils, we see that the punishment which is mentioned is something that engulfs the whole society. So it doesn't, it doesn't just come to just the people who are committing those sins, right? So that's why, you know, the Sheikh mentioned the ayah, وَاتَّقُوا فِتْنَةً لَا تُصِيبَنَّ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْهُمْ خَاسَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْكُمْ خَاسَ Fear the trial or the tribulation whose, um, which, which, will, which does not just afflict those amongst you who do oppression only. Fear that trial and that tribulation that does not afflict only the ones who are the the wrongdoers, only the ones who are committing, sin, uh, you know, the sins. And so, following on from this, the Sheikh went on to mention two hadiths uh, to explain this verse. One of those hadiths was the issue of changing the evil with your hand if you are able. Uh, if not, uh, then with your tongue if you are able. If not, then with your heart. And what we find is that if in a society people have the ability to change an evil and they do not do so, or they do not hate it in their hearts, they become indifferent to it and it doesn't matter to them, you know, then this is when punishment can befall all of the people, right? And the second hadith that the Sheikh mentioned is the hadith of the people who are on a ship 
they board the ship and there are some people who go on the top of the ship and there are some people who go on the bottom of the ship and so the top people it's easy for them to take water no problem but the people at the bottom they think why should we bother those at the top why don't we just you know make a hole here and make a hole there and we can just get water ourselves so if the people at the top do not prevent them from doing this then everybody will drown together everybody will drown right so this is the likeness of like, these basically sins and evils which happen in the society just because you're not doing the sin and you're not doing the evil does not mean that the punishment is not also going to come to you right and this is like a, a, a general like we said um, this is something that uh, can engulf the whole of society it's not it's not that you have to be committing the sin for you to be punished no if there's these sins in the society and the people are not bothered about them and they take place and nobody stops them and nobody admonishes them and people become indifferent to them it doesn't bother them anymore their hearts don't reject it anymore they become used to it then you know this this is when the punishment can can uh, befall and we mentioned also as well that obviously when we live in non-muslim uh, societies the situation is a lot worse because in non-muslim societies these things are, are actually normalized in fact not even normalized they are celebrated and promoted as something good right some of these evils that we that we see you know cheating in the weights and measures you know it seemed to be something that you have to do uh, because it's a sign of your cleverness and your strength and you know making more money right you seem to be weak if if you're not engaging in these practices and likewise all of the sexual deviancy deviancy and this is promoted as i mean not even normal it's promoted as being fashionable and you know something that you have to be into right so this is even worse it's even worse than uh, you know a, a normal situation so today we're going to continue inshallah ta'ala in the and conclude the rest of the sheikh's commentary inshallah ta'ala so the sheikh hafizahullah uh, ta'ala he mentions uh, that again this hadith it warns from five things which are from the uh, major sins from the greatest of the major sins and the most severe of disobedience and he says that the there are five punishments which have been specified and these are worldly punishments which can fall upon a muslim in this world before the hereafter however even though we've spoken about the seriousness and how evil they are and how repugnant they are and, and the punishment for them allah azawajal still forgives the major sins now, this is from the mercy of allah azawajal and this is when a servant he makes sincere repentance and sincere repentance is when the heart and the tongue they they join together and so what the heart is feeling and what the tongue is saying is truthful and sincere right you sincerely repent from the sin and the conditions of repentance first of all is islam the sheikh mentions the first condition of tauba is islam tauba is only for the muslim only for the muslim from sins that is right a kafir there is no tauba 
So if you, if, so if it's a kafir, you are you are committing fornication, adultery, stealing, gambling, and then you know you repent. Then without tawheed, without Islam, there is no repentance for you, right? Islam is the condition for tawbah from major sins, uh, sins in general. Secondly, it has to be ikhlas, sincerity to Allah Azza wa Jal. This repentance has to be uh, sincere. Thirdly, the third condition the Shaykh mentions, al-iqla' anidhamb bil which is to completely withhold from the sin, completely. And this means that obviously you have to abandon the sin, but also anything that leads you again to the sin. So not only do you abandon the sin, you leave all avenues that lead to the sin. So for example, you put to trial with drinking alcohol or something, right? You have to make toba, you have to stop doing that straight away. But not only that, how did you, how did you drink alcohol? It's because you had friends. You had friends who basically, you know, you, you were led into it through that way. Or you went to a place where alcohol is being consumed. So you have to abandon those things as well. Right? Anything that leads you towards that evil. This is also part and parcel of the sign of your sincerity. Right? If you, if you, if you make sincere tawbah, it means that you do not want to fall into that sin again. And if you are sincere and genuine, that means that you will also avoid the places, the situations, the type of company, or whatever it might be, that is like the, the, the stepping stone or the avenue for you to fall into that particular sin. And all of this is the sign of the sincerity of an individual. Like right? some people, they make tawbah, and they'll keep away from the sin for maybe two weeks, three weeks, then they'll fall into it again. And they'll make tawbah, and then a few weeks, a month or two, and they'll fall into it again. And it keeps going on and on. And why is this? Is because obviously the tawbah is not, you know, sincere, and the person isn't keeping away from from the avenues that lead him or her to commit those sins again. So this is a sign of, you know, uh, a, a true repentance that you repent from the sin itself, you keep away from it, and you keep away from everything that leads to that sin uh, as well. Like the Sheikh says, وَهَذَا يَسْتَلْزِمُ حَجَرْ مَا يُؤَدِّي this requires to abandon whatever leads to the sin of al-wasail, you know, ways, al-asbab, causes, means, wa-turuq, paths, and so on and so forth. Right? So this is repentance from these evils. And as the Shaykh says, that we know that um, the reality shows us that um, a person who meets Allah without having made tawbah, if a person meets Allah and he has not made tawbah from all of his sins and he meets Allah with something of these major sins, then we know, you know basically what is the ruling upon a Muslim. We know that if he commits these sins whilst declaring them to be lawful, right? If he does them while believing that they are lawful, then this is what makes a Muslim to be a disbeliever, all right? So in other words, 
people com- can commit these sins in one of two ways. The first way is someone comes along and says, look, I, I can drink alcohol because I don't believe Allah forbid it, forbade it. I believe it's lawful. And I believe that, you know, maybe that was just, you know, I think that, that was only for a specific time, but I believe that it's, it's actually lawful for a Muslim now to drink in these days. So in other words, he's doing this out of belief. This is what we call istihlal. Right? This is to make something lawful. Something which Allah made unlawful, you make it lawful, and then you do it on that basis. And this applies to all major sins, whether it is drinking, gambling, fornicating, stealing, or whatever it might be. And you do it out of istihlal. So, this, as the Sheikh says, when he does it knowingly, on purpose, deliberately, choosing to do it, believing that, um, you know, holding that it is, it, is, it is lawful, that it is halal to do so, then, as the Sheikh says, فَإِنَّهُ kafirun, uh, He's a disbeliever, and he will remain in hell forever, because he's become a disbeliever by way of this. Right? It's not just he's committing the sin, he's now made takdeeb. You know, he, he's belying the Qur'an, he's rejecting the Qur'an and, and the Sunnah. When it clearly establishes that alcohol is prohibited, fornication is prohibited, stealing is prohibited, and, and so on and so forth. However, as for the Muslim, and obviously this is the majority of the Muslims, of course, that, as the Sheikh says, وَمَنْ فَعَلَهَا مُتَقِدًا تَحْرِيمَهَا لَكِنَّهُ سَوَّلَتْ لَهُ نَفْسُهُ وَصَدَّقَ عَلِيهِ الشَّيْطَانِ وَضَلَّهُ وَغَلَبَتْ عَلِيهِ الشِّقَةِ To the end. Whoever does this believing that it is actually haram. But his soul kind of, you know, whispered to him and the shaitan came and basically misguided him. And, you know, his wretchedness overcame him. This person is a fasiq amongst the fusaq. This one is a sinner amongst the sinful people. If he makes tawbah, his sin will be forgiven, and you know, um, uh, the tawbah of a Muslim is obviously accepted from sins, so long as it is something less than shirk, right? So, you know, if he doesn't die upon shirk, and the sin is less than shirk, it will be accepted from him. Then the Shaykh mentions some of the verses in the Quran to establish this, uh, to establish this point. In Allah, la yaghfiru an yushraka bihi, wa yaghfiru maduna dhalika liman yasha. Indeed, Allah does not forgive the partners that shirk is committed with him, but he forgives whatever is less than that to whomsoever he wills. And we see also in the hadith, مَنْ لَقِيَ اللَّهِ لَا يُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْئًا دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ Whoever meets Allah, not associating any partners with him, he will enter paradise. وَمَنْ لَقِيَهُ يُشْرِكُ بِهِ دَخَلَ النَّارِ And whoever meets him, Having committed shirk with him, he will enter hellfire. So what these texts, what they show as a general principle is that whoever meets Allah whilst being, whilst repenting from his sins, then his sins will be forgiven. And whoever meets Allah without having repented, then he is under the will of Allah. He's under the will of Allah. If Allah wills, He will punish him in the hellfire, after which he will be taken out, obviously. And if Allah wills, then He will forgive him. He will forgive him. And so this is, uh, as the Sheikh says, these are some of the general things that can be taken from the hadith. 
yes, from the seven points I mentioned earlier, and also point number eight, just about repentance, uh, uh, because obviously there are punishments mentioned in this hadith, and even though they are very severe major sins and severe punishments, nevertheless we should never ever forget that Allah forgives all sins, and a person so long as he does not die upon shirk, then no matter what he's committed of, of murder, cheating, stealing, gambling, and whatever it might be, Allah is all forgiving, he will forgive him so long as the tawbah is sincere and genuine. So this now leads us to the actual discussion of these five evils. And the Shaykh goes on to mention each of these uh, evils. The first of them, Al-Khaslatul Ula, the first evil or the first uh, you know, crime, if you like, is Dhuhurul Fawahish Mu'linatun. These are Mu'lana, meaning these are evils which are openly made open, right? Without having any modesty or any shame, and not even being ashamed from the righteous people, right? So you, so you do. Sometimes you you feel you feel ashamed, right? That maybe someone who's righteous or someone who's practicing might see you. For example, um, it could be listening to music, or it could be whatever it might be. Right in bad company or something like that. At least you have shame. But sometimes it's not even that. They do it openly, not even having shame from righteous people walking past and seeing them do these evils. And the Sheikh says it's as if the sins they are doing is, is as if they are drinking water in front of people. Right. So meaning you commit these sins as if it's like to you it's just like drinking a glass of water in front of people. You don't think anything of it. And the Shaykh goes on and says that these people, um, it's true that Iblis has basically, you know, uh, be, because Iblis knows that he, he can mislead mankind, then obviously it's become true for those people that Iblis, his thought and his opinion that man is very easy to mislead, it's become true. Because these people are openly committing these fawahish, these shameful, evil, repugnant deeds in front of the people, in the society, not having any shame, not having any, you know, the, the haya from Allah, you know, the shame and the modesty has been stripped from them. And, um, you know, and, and from these actions is what we see of this immorality. Not only that, you see, you know, places are, are basically set up for people to come and do their immorality. And in many, many nations, there are actual laws that protect them as well, that allow them to do that. Right? As the Sheikh says, وَمِن ذَلِكُمْ أَن تُجْأَلْ بُيُوتٌ لِلْدِّعَارَةِ يَحْمِيهَا قَانُونٌ مَنْ تُؤْوِيهَا مِنَ الْحُكُومَاتِ الْمُسْلِمَةِ فَمَا أُقُوبَتْ هَذِهِ الْكَبِيرَةِ He says, from, from the effects of, from this is that there are certain houses or certain places which are set up in order to allow this immorality for people to come and to do, you know, do, do these shameful evil deeds. And even there are kind of regulations or laws which are, which are there, um, which, 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 um, you know, which, which are allowed in even certain uh, countries. And so what is the punishment for this sin? The punishment for this sin, the Sheikh goes on to explain, in general he says that the punishment 
is that diseases and illnesses and ailments, uh, diseases which never occurred in amongst their forefathers, you know, all of these will, will begin to appear. And then the Sheikh goes on to give numerous examples, you know, he, he gives many different types of examples of AIDS, for example, and other types which um, they, they, they have uh, spread even amongst many of the regions in which Muslims live in. It is spread amongst them as well. And also we find that just general illnesses of respiratory illnesses, of flus and colds and things like that, you know, all of this we find that it is, it, they have spread. And Sheikh asks, is there anyone who is going to make Tawbah from amongst you until this punishment is removed? Meaning that we can see ourselves tremendous sins and tremendous, uh, sorry, tremendous uh, punishments of various types of diseases, various types of illnesses, various types of afflictions coming to, you know, across all nations. And it doesn't mean that everybody has to be committing the sin, right? It can be some people committing the sin. And so we see in certain countries, for example, maybe in Africa, maybe in you know, China, maybe in other places, we see that there are, there, are, there are lots of these illnesses, right? Through no crime or through no sin of perhaps the majority of people. But most people are suffering from these evils. So... The point being, the Sheikh is saying that who is there who is going to make Tawbah or Muslims until this punishment is removed from everybody, right? And then the Sheikh mentions the verse again: Fear the tribulation which does not afflict only those amongst you who do the oppression, who do the wrong. And the Sheikh says, when the sin befalls then it encompasses the righteous and the evil, except those upon whom Allah shows mercy. And it affects the one who is mustaqim and the one who is mu'wij, the one who is straight and the one who is crooked, except for the one whom Allah shows mercy. And then he mentions the statement of Allah Azawajal, وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَأَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ So look at here, he said, repent all of you, together. So everybody has to repent, all of you together, or believers, in order that you might prosper. Can we delay for a little bit? Maybe 15-20 minutes? We'll finish inshallah. So inshallah, we'll, we'll conclude the lesson and we'll pray after we finish the lesson inshallah ta'ala. As for the second, so this is the first evil. Uh, the first evil is that committing shameful deeds, and particularly this is referring to fornication and evils of that nature, and you know even the steps that lead up to fornication, to, to zina, basically. Uh, all the steps and all of the you know, uh, things which happen before that, things which happen openly in society that we see in the societies that we live, um, that... When this takes place, then the society as a whole is punished by way of illnesses and diseases. The second evil is cheating in the weights and measures. We see in Surah Al-Mutaffifin, 
ويل للمطففين الذين إذا اقتالوا على الناس يستوفون وإذا كالوهم أو وزنوهم يخسرون Woe be to those who basically defraud other people when you know when 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 people give them measure they demand full measure right so they say you know um, I asked you exactly for this amount I asked you for like 5.356 you know kilograms I want 5.356 kilograms you know make sure it's exactly the same I don't even want a gram out but when it comes to them having to give full measure and they have to give five kilos they'll you know they'll give four and a half and then they'll argue say what's four and a half four point five you round it up in maths as you know it goes up to five you know rounding anything that's point five why are you complaining you know so it, they want full measure themselves but they won't give full measure to others when when it's asked right so these are the people who are the mutafifin this type of thing when it happens in society when when the muslims are not honest and truthful and they start you know cheating each other in the weights and measures then this obviously is is a deception it's khiyana it's a ghish then what happens as a result of this basically uh, what will happen is that uh, there are there are a number of uh, punishments the first one is that there will be um there will be like famine and drought famine and drought will happen and there will be a lack of provision this will mean a lack of uh, you know uh, grains and fruits and and produce and things like that and then there will be hardship entering into the society so there's a drought and a famine and then scarcity of provision as we see in the hadith that's the first thing and the second thing is that there will, that there will be the tyranny of the ruler upon them the ruler will become, will become tyrannical upon them right what you have to realize here is all of these sins the punishment corresponds to the sin right so you know if people commit zina adultery fornication and they are basically you know committing you know it's like um you, you are um you, you know you are polluting and you are spoiling and corrupting the lineage you are spoiling and corrupting the lineage then allah azawajal brings diseases upon you to corrupt and harm your bodies right and in the same way if the people cheat each other in weights and measures and we don't put a stop to it then allah azawajal he will make the rulers to do the same to you right that the rulers will then be unloosed upon you and then so they will do tyranny and they will impose upon you uh, various uh, things you know like um, take your wealth through various means right through various means they'll find ways to to take your wealth from you through taxation or whatever it might be um, you know imprison you harm you you know this is this is allah azawajal uh, turning the rulers upon you as a form of uh, punishment the third trait or the third thing that's mentioned is the withholding of the zakah and uh, zakah is from the obligations from the the five pillars anyone who denies the obligation of the zakah who says oh it's not wajib and who denies the clear obligation knowingly deliberately willingly then you know this person has disbelieved it is disbelief 
to deny an established obligation right in the Quran and the Sunnah. And then the Shaykh mentions a hadith of the Prophet وسلم, a very long hadith, but the particular part of it is where he says, Ma min sahibi lahabin wala fiddatin la yu'addi minha haqqaha. There is no owner of gold or silver who does not give its due, except that when it is on the day of judgment, there will be you know, garments of, of fire that will, that will be uh, prepared for him, and he will be made to you know, wear them on, day, on the day of judgment. So basically his side and his forehead and his back will be, will be burnt. And every time they become cool, they will be returned again. Right? And this will be on a day whose length is 50,000 years. Until the judgment is, is completed between all the servants and then that person will either see his path either towards paradise or he will see it towards the hellfire. So this here then, this issue is obviously the holding, withholding of the zakah and the punishment for that is Allah He withholds the rain from the sky. And had it not been for the beasts, Allah would never have sent down the rain. And so again, we have to understand that just because you yourself are not, are not the one who's suffering from the punishment, it doesn't mean somebody else isn't. Right? Just, so, so for example, we see in many of the, of the Muslim lands where there is famine, there is drought, it doesn't rain for a very long time, or maybe the season comes and it hasn't rained. It doesn't mean that just those people in that place are the ones who didn't give the zakah. It could be somewhere else, it could be other people in other places, and especially even on a, on, on a global scale, just because there's, for example, famine and drought in Africa, does not mean that it's necessarily just because of the people in that place that the rain is, is being withheld, right? Because the, the Muslim nation is, is one nation as well. Right, so um, this is the, the third evil and the third punishment. Again, see Al Jazao Min Jinsil Amal. Al Jazao Min Jinsil Amal, which means that the punishment for the thing is with its like. The punishment for a thing is with its like. Right? So you saw in uh, you know in the first example, fornication, adultery. The punishment is befitting, it is through diseases, right? The second thing is uh, cheating each other in weights and measures. Then in that case, the rulers will be made to do the same to you. Thirdly, withholding the zakah from the poor and the needy people. In that case, Allah will just withhold the rain from everybody. Or from, from, you know, from, from people, He'll withhold the rain, right? The punishment is of its like with with is is with with its like. The fourth thing that was mentioned in the hadith is, as the Sheikh says, it is the uh, breaking or the violation of the covenant of Allah and the covenant of His Messenger. And so, the covenant. There's a number of things here that that uh, uh, here is the covenant of Allah is obviously to single out Allah in Tawheed and to worship Him alone. And the covenant of His Messenger is to follow His Sunnah, to make ittiba' of His Sunnah. So when the Muslims, they violate these two covenants, then 
Allah he allows their enemies from the disbelievers to kuffar to take from them to take you know from that which they used to possess and to impose humility and humiliation and lowliness upon them right and the shaykh says so when you see amongst the muslims for example committing shirk going to the graves seeking rescue from from people you know and uh, making sacrifices or they you know being close to the people who are in the graves by making oaths to them and asking them things which only allah should be asked for all of these things you know um, and shaitan beautifies these things for them this is violation of the covenant of allah and similarly violation of the covenant of his messenger is when they fall into innovations they fall into misguidance they fall into newly invented things which the messenger never never taught you to do these things or to worship allah in this way and you've abandoned the sunnah of the messenger of allah so here it is allah sends enemies to you know attack and to conquer and to and and in history Shaykh uh, al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah has given us examples of how and when this happened to the Muslim nation. He said that, um, he said that first of all, when you look at the Muslims in the east, in the eastern parts of the Muslim land, like for example, uh, in, in what used to be then Khurasan, right, which is basically uh, what is today Iran and Afghanistan and those areas towards the east. He said there was a time when they were upon the sunnah, they were upright, they were upon the correct belief. But then when they, when they turned away and they fell into innovations, they fell into deviations in creed, in their creed, right? Then Allah He sent the Mongols from the east. The Mongols came and they invaded the Muslim lands. And they went all the way through, as you know, they came from the Mongolia, that region, they went all the way through, they came all the way across, all the way to Sham, and they went across, you know, where, 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 where is currently Turkey and across, and they even went all the way into Europe, they went into Europe. Um, and then Ibn Taymi also explains, he continues and he says, and then in the, the western parts, right, like basically the areas of Sham and Misr, and those, you know, the areas near the Mediterranean, when those Muslims were upright and they were upon istiqama, they were upon the correct belief, when they deviated, when they turned away and they fell into innovations, misguidance, right, and turned away from the sunnah, then Allah He sent the crusaders from the west. The crusaders came from this direction. So not only, and this is at the same time, pretty much at the same time, you know, in the, in the 12th and the 13th century, uh, of, of, of the Christian era, uh, the Mongols were from one side and the, the, Rome, the Christians were from the other side and you know they came and they you know for 100, 200 years um, they, 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 they came, they took the Muslim lands, they took the possessions from them, they imposed humiliation upon them right, it's exactly Ibn Taymiyyah is he's explaining this and not only this this is something we know continued even after that. Because, as you know, after the 5th and the 6th and the 7th centuries, this is when the most evil of innovations, they began to appear. 
the innovations like for example the people believing that Allah is everywhere Allah is in everything right ittihad hulul wahdatul wujud these types of ideas they entered into the muslim uh, nation by way of philosophy by way of you know things of that nature and when they spread to muslim lands we speaking now maybe hundreds of years after Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah, then came the era of imperialism and colonialism, right? You know that these European nations, they went, they went all the way to Indonesia, they went to the Philippines, they went to India in the, what, the 16th, 17th century, they, they conquered the whole of India, they went to Egypt uh, in the 18th, 19th century, early 19th century, then they went all across Africa, the African countries, the French, the British, Right, and they went conquering every location, every place, stealing the resources. This is a clear, 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 clear sign. Right? Never ever do the people violate and break the covenant of Allah and the covenant of His Messenger, except that Allah empowers their enemies over them, and so they take from some of that which they used to possess. Right? So, um, also, uh, some of the explanations they also say. That when, that when the Muslims break the covenant, the agreement with Allah and His Messenger, then whatever covenants existed between them or agreements existed between them and other nations, then those nations will break them and come and attack them. Right? So it's basically uh, you are being punished for the same thing that you are doing. Right? Nations will come. They will not respect like treaties or agreements or things like that. And they'll just come and, and just violate, you know, uh, the agreement or the understanding of peace. And they'll come and they'll attack you. Right? Again, like for like. Like for like punishment. And finally, in fact, the Sheikh goes on to say, um, you know, he, he mentions the, the verse in the Quran. And this is in relation to the final point, uh, which is, that if the, if, the, if, the, if the Muslims do not, the leaders of the Muslims do not judge by the, by, uh, by the book of Allah, and they don't return back to what Allah revealed, then He will make there to be strife and dissension between them. So what this is referring to is there will be uh, splits and strife, and even wars, fightings, battles between the Muslims, they will split, and... Um, you know, they, they, enmity and hatred and separation and, you know, they, they will become enemies to each other. And because obviously, if they are not judging by what Allah revealed and they're judging by something else, it means that they have become inclined towards the world. And when you become inclined towards the world and you start disputing over worldly issues, then obviously there's going to be splitting and strife uh, amongst them. Right, and so this is the the fifth evil, and the resultant punishment which appears. So, so, so this is referring to the rulers, and if the rulers don't do it, all of the society is going to be punished. Why? Because there's going to be splitting, uh, war, battle, strife, dissension, enmity, hatred, and that in turn is going to affect the people and their welfare and their livelihood and things like that. Right. So everybody gets engulfed by the actual. You know, by the by the punishment for the sin, and so the Sheikh Sheikh Ubaid, he says, uh, if if the Muslims want the promise of Allah to reach them, the promise that Allah made of aid and support and dignity and honor and being established in the land and obviously unity and everything else, then let them return 
to fulfilling the covenant of Allah and the covenant of His Messenger. And let them judge by His legislation, right? Wholeheartedly. As Allah says in the Quran, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُكَ فِي مَا شَجِرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَدَيْتْ وَيُسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا Know by your Lord, they cannot be true believers until they make you a judge in whatever disputes occur between them. And then they find no resistance or no difficulty in their souls in accepting what you have judged. And they submit with a full, with a full submission. So these are basically the five evils. And as you can see, they are built upon uh, the principle that Ibn al-Qayyim mentions, al-jaza'u min jins al-amal. Ibn al-Qayyim says that this principle where the punishment for a thing is with its like. He says this is mentioned in the Qur'an more than 100 times. This principle is found in the Qur'an more than 100 times. This is what Ibn al-Qayyim says, rahimahullah. And... Um, and, and so you see that each of these sins, if you basically try to com do, do fornication, you are trying to gain pleasure unlawfully, then you will be inflicted with pain by way of diseases. Right? And if you cheat and steal from the people, then Allah will make the rulers to do the same to you. Right? By restricting your rizq. And you know, you know, and whatever comes from the ruler, and if you withhold the zakah from those people who need it, then Allah will withhold the rain from all of, of the people who need it. And if you um, do not fulfill Allah's covenant, and you do not fulfill the covenant of the Messenger, and you engage in basically treachery in your in your um, uh, contracts and agreements then the same thing will be made to fall upon you, right? By way of the people of disbelief and things like that. And finally, if you do not rule by the legislation of Allah, which is al-adal, which is justice, which is based upon justice, then what will happen is that there will be um, uh, splitting, differing, fighting, enmity, and then injustice will take place between the fighting parties, right? To rule by the Sharia is to establish justice. So if you don't establish justice, then you will be punished with injustice. How is that injustice? The Allah will make the Muslims to, to, to fight amongst each other. This one will oppress that one, that one will oppress that one, right? That's a punishment for you not establishing justice in the, in the first place by way of the Book of Allah and the Book of His Messenger. I want to finish now uh, to conclude, basically, uh, to show that uh, you know Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah has um, a statement that I'll finish with, which is basically similar to what we've what we've listened to here, and so he says that Allah Zawajal, this is in uh, Zad al-Ma'ad, and we finish with this statement inshallah, and we pray after this, that Allah Zawajal has made righteous actions and evil actions to have certain effects in this world. Right? Righteous actions and evil actions 
Allah has made them such that they have real effects in this world. So for example, he made withholding zakah and ihsan and sadaqah charity to be a means of withholding the rain from the sky and for drought and for famine. And he made being oppressive towards the poor people, the needy people, and cheating in the weights and measures, and the strong people in the society, uh, exploiting the weak people in the society, he made all these things to be a cause of the tyranny of the kings and the rulers. The tyranny of the kings and the rulers. And these are, these are those who, if they, were, if they are asked to show mercy, they will not show mercy. Right? And if they are asked to be, to be lenient, and they will not be lenient. And really what's happening is that when we see these things taking shape, these are really our actions. Right? So when you see a tyrannical ruler, you see a drought, you see a famine, you see what you are seeing, these are really your actions which are taking shape, uh, you know, uh, which Allah is converting into these things. But they are really your actions. Right? Then he continues, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانُهُ بِحِكْمَتِهِ وَعَدْلِهِ يُظْهِرُ لِلنَّاسِ أَعْمَالَهُمْ فِي قَوَالِبِ وَسُوَرٍ تَنَاسُبُهَا Indeed, it is from the wisdom and justice of Allah that He makes people, their actions, to appear to them in different ways and different forms and different appearances. Right? This is from the wisdom of Allah, that whatever deeds you do, whatever deeds you do, like cheating in the weights and measures, like fornication, like whatever it might be, Allah makes the people to see their own actions in different forms and different ways. And what are they? He mentions seven of them, right? He says, first of all, by way of drought and famine. Drought and famine. So if you see this drought and famine, this is really our actions manifesting in a certain way, according to the laws in Allah's creation. Then he says, وَتَارَةً بِعَدُوِّن Sometimes it is by way of an enemy, right? So if an enemy comes along and he conquers and dominates a Muslim land and, and whatever, this is really, we are seeing our own sins and disobedience becoming physical and tangible in a, in a real sense. Then he says thirdly, وَتَارَةً بِوَلَاتٍ جَائِرِينَ Thirdly, by way of rulers who are tyrannical, rulers who are oppressive. So if we find that we don't have, you know, rulers that, 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 uh, that, uh, that, that you know, uh, are oppressive towards their subjects, this is really our own actions taking shape in that, in that manifestation. Number four, بِأَمْرَادٍ عَامَةٍ Fourthly, by way of general diseases and illnesses. وَتَارَةً بِهُمُومٍ وَآلَامٍ وَغُمُومٍ تَحْضُرُهَا نُفُوسُهُمْ لَا يَنْفَقُونَ عَنْهَا Fifthly, by way of anxieties and, and you know, غُمُوم uh, You know, you, you, you suffer from stress and anxiety and trauma and you worry and this comes and, and it plagues your soul. You know, your souls are being harmed with all this stress and worry and uh, anxiety and, and, you know... Uh, and what happens is that these things do not leave their souls. So this is yet another manifestation of sin. This is from sins, right? Depression, anxiety, 
um, and all these kind of uh, issues of the, of the mind and mental and the soul, things like that. وَتَارَةً بِمَنْعِ بَرَكَاتِ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ عَنْهُمْ And at other times, it is Allah preventing the blessings of the sky and the blessings of the, of the land, the earth, from them. Right? So it doesn't rain, nor do the herbage and the plants and the fruits, nor do they grow either. And seventhly, وَتَارَةً بِتَسْلِيطِ الشَّيَاطِينِ عَلَيْهِمْ by Allah unleashing the devils against them. Allah unleashes the shayateen upon them. And these shayateen, they just encourage them and incite them to you know, these types of ills and evils, which leads them further into the causes of punishment. Right? So that Allah's word can be proven true against them. So this statement of Ibn al-Qayyim, it's in his book Zad al-Ma'ad, um, the fourth, uh, the fourth uh, volume, it essentially summarizes whatever we find in this particular hadith, right? That whatever evils we see taking place in the society and punishments on on a large scale, this is nothing but we are just seeing our actions appear to us physically and tangibly in in these types of things. That's all it is. So we come back to ourselves, as the Sheikh says, Sheikh Obeid, Hafizahullah Taala. Sincere, genuine repentance is the way to come out of these things and that we realize that when we commit these sins, it's not just, we are not only harming ourselves, we're harming the society. So when you, when you commit this sin and you cheat someone in weights and measures, okay, you might have cheated that one person, but the effect of that is going to affect the whole of the society. When you commit fornication, you commit zina, yes, you've, you've done your little thing, whatever, but then this is going to affect the whole society. Right? That means that the burden of sin sometimes is actually greater than what we think it to be. So that's why the issue of uh, Tawbah. So on the one hand, we say that these are terrible evil sins. And on the other hand, we know that Allah he forgives, He's merciful. So therefore, this is an encouragement uh, uh, to make Tawbah and to hasten to uh, Tawbah from these evils. Exactly as Allah Azawajal, He says, وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جُمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Repent all of you, O believers, in order that you may be successful. And so with that, we'll conclude our uh, lesson there for today. And um, uh, so we'll conclude today's lesson there, inshallah. We'll continue uh, the next time that we meet with the, the next topic, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, but for now, we'll uh, stop there and establish the salah, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sallam,